Good morning. I'm Sandy Max. Steve Scafidi is uh, experiencing the heat dome right now on vacation in Las Vegas. <laughs> so sitting by me is Eric Bilstead of the WTMJ News. Hey, That's one way to put it. That's exactly. <laughs> um, but it, uh, we're taking this opportunity. It's usually the political power hour between 9 and 10 on Fridays uh, where Joe Zapecki Democratic strategist uh, debates and has good conversations with Bill McCoshin, a Republican strategist. Um, everybody on vacation, we decided this would be a great opportunity to get updates on two of the biggest events that are going to be happening in the political world. And right here in Milwaukee, the Republican president presidential debate, which is August 23rd, and also the Republican National Convention next July. So we just got some status updates from Ryan's Priebus. And now on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, Congressman Brian Stile joins us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Congressman, I, I know uh, Sandy's got, she wanted to jump in on the RNC thing, but I wanted to ask quickly because it's in the news now. We have this Travis King um, Army soldier who is currently being detained in North Korea from Racine. His family is there. His family calling for the U.S. to find a way to get him home any connections with that? Have you heard from the family? Are you involved with any of the conversations? Anything you can uh, share with us as uh, what happens with that story and with that individual? I, I've spoken and provided resources that my office can to assist, really as a liaison back to the United States Department of Defense, who's taking lead in this situation. I think what's so essential is we never leave a soldier behind. Uh, the circumstances surrounding this, the facts will come out. Uh, but that's still a soldier that we can't leave behind. I think we want to make sure we're utilizing appropriate resources uh, to bring him home. I know the Defense Department, uh, the White House, uh, is fully engaged in this, and hopefully uh, we find ourselves with a resolution where he's coming back home to the United States of America. That is a, certainly a sensitive situation these days. No, absolutely. You don't You don't want to be in a country like North Korea um, for all the obvious reasons, especially when you're a member of the United States military. And so uh, it's a concerning situation. The circumstances of how this individual uh, ended up there, I think, is still being explored. But ultimately, uh, he's still a United States soldier. And I think it's absolutely imperative we work uh, to make sure we bring him home. Well, let's talk about next month, August 23rd. Where will you be on the night of the Republican oh. presidential debate? Yeah, I'm planning to be uh, in Milwaukee. I think this is a really good opportunity uh, for our state, but also our country. And I think what's so important, what I'm going to be looking for, is the candidates that are talking about the future, where we're going to take our country, how we're going to grow our economy and help people get back to work, how we're going to address the energy crisis, how we're going to make sure that we have the strongest, uh, most robust military in the world. And the candidate that I think ultimately is talking about that, about where the country is going, the reforms we need to make, uh, how we're going to slow inflation, how we're going to help families who are struggling to pay the bills, uh, is ultimately going to find themselves to be the one that's successful a year later uh, as they become the nominee uh, in Milwaukee. Are there any candidates that you hope make it on the stage since it is uh, quite a rigorous criteria that they need to meet? It's a rigorous criteria, so we, we don't have you know 16 to 20 people uh, like we have in the past. I think it's good to get that number down to a reasonable number uh, where the American people can kind of start to zero in on a small set of men and women who could be the next president of the United States of America. Um, I don't have a, a dog in the fight. I'm looking uh, to listen, I think, like a lot of people are across the country, about where people want to take and lead uh, this country. And I think it's that man or woman who really sets out that true kind of optimistic path 
shows the choices that we have to have to make, shows the hard work that has to be done to get us there, uh, but then can really rally the country to move us forward. It's been a tough uh, handful of years. We've been under a intense inflation. Everything's 15 percent more expensive than it was two years ago. Uh, the global security situation with Russia and Ukraine, with Iran threatening Israel, with China threatening Taiwan. Uh, it's all the more imperative that we are negotiating from a position of strength with our military. Uh, and I think people are going to start to really zero in on this. Uh, I think it's spectacular. It's kicking off in Wisconsin uh, in about a month. Congressman, have debates jumped the shark, though? I thought it was interesting. Reince Priebus joined us, and about a half hour ago, he said that a lot of it isn't necessarily the debate as much as that it's the spin afterward and the messaging and the narratives. So if that's the case, do you need the debate if you because we already get the spin, right? We already we already get the messaging from the campaigns. Um, I I love them. I think they're important. But like, have they lost a little bit of that impact, that power that they once had? I don't know. It's lost the impact. I think some of this is the evolution of how we obtain news in America. I'm a big uh, fan of history, particularly you know, about the Lincoln Douglas debates. And people would stand out for three hours to listen to a debate between two the past and the future of the country. These debates were three hours. It was an hour, then a 90-minute rebuttal, and then a 30-minute final rebuttal back to the first candidate. Um, Newsmaking is, is, is gone, for good or for worse. It's just gone. And we're now in an era where people are interested in obtaining their news in more like, you know, 60-second sound bites, 30-second sound bites. So people don't read long form the way maybe they used to. And so candidates in our whole world is, is adapting to that. Um, and so there's a challenge there, yes. But I do think it's important that people are also able to hear directly from the candidates. So the, the spin's a factor, but this is an opportunity if you want, you can actually tune in and actually listen directly to the candidates uh, without having to get it filtered uh, through a third-party uh, spin machine. Good observations. And I like that you have uh, followed debates over the century that you are, are a fan of debates, not just the current ones. Well, I think it's, I mean, when we really get down to it, so many of these, these political discussions just turn to culture, and we've lost the ability to have uh, the adult conversations that are needed in the detriment um, of our country. But there are conversations that are occurring kind of in with. You know what? I wonder if, uh, hey, Congressman, Congressman, you're kind of cutting in and out of us here. Why don't, maybe uh, we take a break and hopefully we can get him a, a stronger signal. Maybe that's the best way that we don't lose what we're Yeah, because we don't, don't want to lose, lose this conversation. Right. Exactly. So back with more with Congressman Brian Style on WTMJ Now. Good morning. I'm Sandy Max. Steve Scafidi on vacation. So Eric Bilstead joins me uh, for the rest of this uh, political power hour where we are getting updates on the Republican National Convention right now with Congressman Brian Stile on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Uh, how are you going to be involved in the Republican National Convention, Congressman Stile? Well, it more or less, more or less almost as, a, uh, as, a, as an observer. I mean, I think this is really the opportunity uh, for the American people to make the decision. Uh, and so I think the, the focus here is about how do we help people really get the message, their message out uh, and get around the spin that you were talking about before, right, so that individuals can hear directly from the candidates about what, where they want to take the country. Uh, and I look forward to that, that broader discussion. 
You think this will be a, a brokered convention? Or I keep wondering, Congressman, if there are going to be issues with legality pertaining to what the the former president might be going through, whether it's with the indictments and the, just the legal stuff that he'll be fighting, and whether or not there'll be challenges to whether or not he can even be the nominee, and the back and forth that could be at play as we get to Milwaukee. I think as we get out of the first three states, with the, the first state being Iowa, followed by New Hampshire, and then South Carolina, I think what you'll see is kind of a quick coalescing around one or two individuals. And then we have the big push of states that have a large number all on the same day called Super Tuesday in March. Then following that, you kind of have a slower dribble of states, Wisconsin being that first Tuesday in April. I think by the time it gets to Wisconsin, we've either reached a resolution as to kind of who the candidate is or down to the final two, uh, as it was on the Democratic side, if we only go back a cycle. And so getting us to that point, I think, is important. But that's where these first early states are so important, is they really winnow the field down to one or two candidates. I don't think you'll see a brokered convention. Of course, you never know. But my prediction is you'll get it down to a kind of a head-to-head contest. And then from there, we'll have an ultimate winner. What have been your experiences at previous Republican national conventions? Well, I was at the convention in uh, in 16, uh, and then 20, obviously, was a, a bit of a, a unique experience or a unique circumstance. And so I wasn't uh, ultimately out to uh, Washington, D.C. for that convention. I was working back in Wisconsin. But for, for co- Republican conventions for the, you know, the vast modern history, uh, it's really a benefit accompli. There's the candidate has been decided uh, before we've gone in. We've lost uh, kind of that era of brokered conventions. Uh, which in a sense is really good. So instead of it being a backroom deal, it's really truly a decision for the American people to make. Uh, I think that's productive. And Wisconsin has always been there, being a state uh, that's had a primary allowing people to vote rather than just simply party leaders. Well, one thing Wisconsin's eight U.S. House representatives seem to agree on is making the Republican National Convention here in Milwaukee a success. And I mention that because it was back in March that you and the other representatives put in a request for additional federal funding for hosting the convention. It was supposed to be $50 million and you were requesting $75. What's the status of that? We're right now in the appropriations process, so now is the time where we're going to find out uh, if we can get that language into uh, the final bill and have that passed probably out of the House and out of the Senate uh, by this fall. Uh, but you're right. We Sometimes uh, you kind of watch the food fight on TV and you forget Uh, that there's times where Republicans and Democrats can come together for the betterment uh, of their state or of the country. And and this is one of those instances where I've worked with the full delegation, Republicans and Democrats, uh, to make sure that we have the funding in particular uh, for law enforcement to make sure that everyone uh, that comes to Milwaukee for the convention is kept safe. Uh, And the same is going to be true uh, for the Democratic convention in Chicago. Uh, when When you're talking public safety, when you're talking law enforcement, that's one of those moments where uh, it's essential everybody comes together to to keep us all safe. And also in business and budgets, uh, only $1 million of the $10 million expected to be allotted to visit Milwaukee was approved by the governor's budget. Uh, how does that affect truly the progress of the Republican National Convention? Yeah, I'll say I didn't understand uh, why Governor Evers made that cut. Uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I'm, I'm obviously out here fighting the battles in uh, D.C. Uh, and not day-to-day in Madison, but I didn't understand the decision-making process there. Um, what you want to see when you're bringing so many people to Wisconsin, in particular 
we're highlighting southeast Wisconsin in August. We're bringing people in from Florida, from Texas, from the swamp in D.C., who are going to realize what a beautiful, amazing state we have, and there's no better time to show it off than August. This is the opportunity to really make sure we're bringing in future conventions, business conventions and otherwise, that benefits uh, the area and benefits the whole state of Wisconsin. So I'll, I'll admit, I don't understand uh, the decision-making process there from the governor to cut those funds. This is really one of those investments you want to make because Milwaukee, southeast Wisconsin, our state, uh, will be on the national stage. And let me tell you, I think as we all know who live in Wisconsin, there's truly no better time uh, to be in, in southeast Wisconsin uh, than in July and August. That is true. Oh, my God. That's my, <laughs> that's my heaven, Congressman. My heaven is August nights on a lake. Nice humid night you, on a lake. You, that's heaven for me. And, and what we call humid, you'd talk to anybody who's down in Florida right now or anybody dealing with this heat in Phoenix, uh, they were, they are wildly jealous uh, <laughs> the temperatures we get as the sun goes down. And do you get the impression that delegates are excited to come to a state where it really is one of the most significant states in decision making in politics? You know, people who are kind of you know interested in politics nationally find Wisconsin really interesting. There's very few places in the United States that have really been the epicenter of politics for as long as Wisconsin has. Uh, Ryan's previous was on earlier saying that there's a good part of that. There's a bad part of that. The bad part, you get inundated with these darn political TV ads. Uh, but the upside is we're really important. And so there's a lot of people that are curious about the balance that we have in the state between Republicans and Democrats, that at any given election can swing either way. Right. I mean, we have Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson in the Senate. Our governorship goes from Republican to Democrat back and forth. Um, and so there's a lot of intrigue uh, about our state. People know that the next president of the United States very likely has to win the state of Wisconsin to be successful to become the president of the United States. So there's a lot of intrigue. I think a lot of people are really excited uh, to come and see the state. Congressman Brian Stile representing Wisconsin's first congressional district in the U.S. House of Representatives. We appreciate your updates on the debates and the RNC. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me on.